Say that podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. America. Indeed. Joining us also, a man who's wearing a vest for no apparent reason, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I am better than you. I, I, it's so kind of you to notice. That's the translation that happens in Jed's head. Didn't even mention the tie. <laughs> joining us, his triumphant return to the shores of freedom and liberty. Lee Younger, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church. Hola a todos, estoy aquí en la Iglesia Comunidad de Cristo. That, that was actually pretty impressive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Lee just went native. That's what I understand. Well, my Spanish is not good, but I have a feeling that Lee just welcomed us to Christ Community Church, meaning he learned a, just a little bit of Spanish for his return today <laughs> in front of the people. I have a feeling Lee's been dropping that a few times today. Is that is that true, Younger? I have not dropped that yet. And I was I was saying, Matt, hello everyone. I am here at Christ Community Church. Well, I was close. I opened it with my Spanish isn't that good. Of course, if you were with us last week, you know that Lee has been away for a little while here. He's been in Madrid. He's been hobnobbing with the very important young life staff of Western Europe, invited by the regional director himself. Had a lot of fun time. Spoke at like a leadership conference, is that right, Lee? Yeah, it was a Western Europe. So the the staff conference for all of the full-time Young Life staff of of Western Europe. Well, give us a little rundown. How'd it go? Uh, It went great, man. Um, Just Spain is beautiful. It's, it's, uh, you know, just incredible place. Got to meet some really wonderful people. The conference was encouraging and and fun and just great to see brothers and sisters, you know, reaching out to... uh, High school kids on the other side of the world speaking different languages, just going for it, pouring their lives out. It was awesome. All right. Well, I know uh, we're all a little jealous, but happy for you. So uh, wait, for- wait, 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 wait. Hold up. We believe in honesty on this podcast and freedom and freedom. <laughs> we're not a little bit jealous. Uh huh. That's you know, understatement is a form of lying, Matthew. Can that's sure. We're freedom sized jealous. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yes, we are massively unreservedly jealous, and on that basis, I declare a freedom emergency. <laughs> emergency. Glenn, here's my question for you. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Has anyone invited you to Spain recently? Let me tell you what. Not only have I not been invited to Spain, I haven't been invited anywhere. This is what I'm talking about. Nobody really wants us to go anywhere. <laughs> you know You know what I assume? Do you assume? have a feeling that that might be a little bit of your own fault? I, You know, it, 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 evidence would suggest it, but <laughs> sure. who's to say? Who's to say? It's indeed. a mystery. I, I assume that Younger in the past week was eating like delicious tapas. Paella. Paella. Maybe, I I don't know, maybe there was some sangria in there. I don't know. Just putting it out there. Keep going, Jed. Keep mentioning foodstuffs and cultural artifacts you know about Spain. Here's Keep my going point. for many more minutes. I'm sure that list isn't exhausted at all. Here's my yeah. You can make sangria in the toilet. Here's my point. Wow. What you know what we ate for last week? Like boiled hot dogs. Nothing. Just just boiled wieners. Yeah. 
No, like, it's impossible to find good hot dogs in Chicago. White right. bread, <laughs> old yeah. shoe leather. That's it. You know, Chicago, wasteland of food, as it's known to be. Tap water. That's that's why everyone here so svelte. Lukewarm tap water and and boiled wieners. <laughs> that's what we're eating. That's that's what it's been. Here's what I want to know: was was Younger standing in solidarity? With no. us? No. Did, did he did he pull a Daniel and say, I can't eat this rich wow. food. I right. need to be no. on a diet of water and vegetables because no. it's no. a whole uh-uh. holiness thing. Let me give you a rundown, Jed. I would wake up in Break the morning. Wake up in the morning, yeah. take the metro to this this place called uh, uh, Café de Sanguines, which is uh, it's a churreria that's been going since 1884. You get your, okay. you get your coffee... You get your churros, which is like just a delicious Spanish donut, and then yeah. and then they give you like this little bowl of of molten chocolate just for you to dip the churros in, and then you just sit there in this historic, beautiful place, enjoy your churros, y chocolate, y café, and uh, just uh, you know, th- I mean, it, that was breakfast every day, and then you know, there's tapas for lunch, there's just just uh, delicious wonders for dinner. It was fantastic. You know what I had for breakfast? What do you have? Glenn coming out of his room and punching me in the face. That's right. <laughs> and you guys don't live in the same place, so that's weird. <laughs> I'm not sure if you were at Glenn's house or Glenn was at your house. I don't want to know. Don't Wake me... up, fool. <laughs> that's that's a sandwich. I had a knuckle sandwich for breakfast. And you know what? He, he appreciated it spiritually. It made me stronger, sure. Lee. Maybe strong enough to forgive you for the way you've hurt me right. with your then, churro chocolate. Let me tell you how upset... How desperately upset Jed is right now. Yeah. Jed is so upset. He is dressed exactly like the guy who starts dating your mom after she gets divorced. That's exactly right. <laughs> you That's exactly right. Being That's we're a, a primarily audio product, you want to walk our listeners through what you mean by well, that? Uh, well, why don't you go ahead? All right. Man. Well, I'm looking at Jed. He's wearing a, uh, a lovely pair of selvage jeans. He's got the, uh, the button-down shirt on, a lovely silk knit tie. Uh, that black signal, sick, silk knit tie over blue shirt. Got the uh, the cotton brown waistcoat. <laughs> Top that all off with a lovely pea coat ish kind of thing. And yeah, he looks like he he looks like he's forty five and he's ready to give love another shot. He's he's dating your mom, <laughs> and he's not trying to replace your dad. <laughs> not at all. I just I just, just hope we can be, be friends. That's right. That's champ. Here's here's the whole thing. I just yeah, just maybe we could go to the park and toss the ball back and forth. Yeah. And that's how upset you've got Jed right yeah. now. This is what he's it's come to. I'm not sure why that's an indication of upset. I think that's just a thing Glenn wanted to make a joke about. Decided then was the time. Also true, but <laughs> freedom and America. Now you keep Absolutely mentioning right. freedom. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us why we're. Uh, resounding on that okay. well here's the thing here's what happens in in europe you go to the beach in europe sure uh they're all naked some of them not not all of them but some of them yes. here's the thing not if you go to the beach in northern england they're not <laughs> in america we're free to wear clothes everywhere we go totally and so you enjoy like that them. oh yeah yeah you know, you're uh, pro that I, I'm, you know what else is that we're family friendly? Yeah. We're pro family. Are we really? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you sure? Oh, you're referring to the culture in general, not this particular show. Not us in particular. No, not we, us as individuals. We're, we're bringing so. the average down. Sure. Yeah. As but, we do in uh, most things. 
but uh, you know, uh, we're not like Lee, who's uh, jet setting. He's going uh, thither and yon. Sure, absolutely. He's enjoying. What a very uh, European phrase of you. He he's in. Look, let me tell you what. In America, um, donuts is round. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> okay, he goes to Spain. He gets a churro. What's happening with that churro? It's going in a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> now, if that is there's no jelly to be seen inside or out. You know, that's that's just up is down, left is right. You know, so everything's what? gone out of out of whack. It's a lot to think about. I, I, to be honest, uh, I'm I I feel like I don't even know Lee anymore. Mm, sure. Um, you know, I mean, it's like. You know, some guys, it's like, you know, uh, we're just going to do this thing together, man. You know, we're, yeah, we're going right. to ride that same elevator to Churro Chocolate Land. Yeah, um, right. You know, that's, but but then, you know, it's like some guys, it's like they just go on without you. It's like they leave mm. you behind, you know. Well, some and, guys would be like, um, you know, it was great in Spain. Every day we would have churros and, and you'd be like, oh, because you're sad because right. churros. Sure. Then, then, then you say, "But I got used to them." Exactly right. And then you'd yeah. be like, "Oh wow, that's so." Cool. Glenn, it's a fantastic point. I have to ask. I, I, you don't seem to have any churros I don't here. Have, nobody brought churros for me. Well, you know, I, I certainly don't have any churros. Right, 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 right. So I guess, I guess there were just weren't any gift churros that came back. You know what? I guess. Tell me. Message received. Yeah. Well, they didn't come through well, customs, then. guys. They, they, they. Uh... It, it was a, it was a random TS, TSA check, and they they took all your churros, they confiscated them, and didn't get to have them. Wait a second, are are you blaming your problems on big government? Because <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. It's not right my now. problem. I had plenty of churros. Oh, this is about to turn into an entirely different, yet much more popular podcast, <laughs> but not popular with the right people. No, 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 no. Dude, welcome back, man. Thanks, it's good dude. to have you back. Thanks, man. Glad to have you, buddy. Well, on that basis, I'm raged out, so um, I, I didn't think that was really possible, but uh, sure. I'm, I'm pretty well done. So I'm, I'm going to declare a freedom emergency off. Emergency I think that's, off. I think that's as it should be. Uh, one of the reasons you may have not found another wellspring of rage is Lee did mention what the weather was like. Oh, yeah. Don't, like, we can't Madrid. do that, man. No, that will turn there. into an hour-long screaming session, and I don't have that many beeps in the yeah. editing software. Dang, man. Yeah. Folks. It's winter in Chicago. We've we've had snow in Chicago. <laughs> yes, this it's week. been snowing as we record. It's now November sixteenth. We've had two days of snow. Yeah, already this fall. That ain't happening. <laughs> well, here's here's what keeps me warm during those Tell long me. Chicago nights: the thought of people out there enjoying Bridge Box. Ooh, yeah, that is. I was going to say electric blanket, but that your answer is also good. Yeah, yours is a little more practical. I was going more for the uh, the heartstrings there, but yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Sometimes a, a nice large dog <laughs> hopefully not one quite that generic hopefully a dog you know <laughs> you just find one and let me tell you on what i'm gonna tell you a bit of philosophy right now okay a dog you don't know is just as warm as a dog you do know well this is what I'm gonna... so you take that home and write that down that's some wisdom right that, there this has got some zen philosophy in a riddle that's like for you to figure out. Bam, sure. wisdom. Well, since the uh, I like that. Yeah. Wisdom. since the bridge box pitch has already gone off the rails, I'm going to continue that. Yeah, 
we'll, we'll try. Sure. Know. Glenn mentioned something that I uh, that makes me very happy, and uh, as I mentioned, we record we record on Sunday, November sixteenth here. And uh, yesterday, um, my my and Lee's beloved Tennessee University Tennessee Volunteers played themselves a football Come game. Come on now, mm. yeah. They were they're being they uh, laid what I believe is known in the parlance as a whooping. That's right on mm. the University of Kentucky Wildcats. It's really neither here nor there because sorry Kentucky fans, but that happens a lot. Mm. But the the thing that's notable is Tennessee has a mascot, right? Smokey. Right. Smokey's a blue tick hound. Right. Sits on the sideline. Some point last night, it was it was like in the mid thirties down there, wasn't it, Lee? It was actually pretty chilly. Yeah, down it there. was cool. Which especially for the, for people who live in Tennessee, as as we all know as Southerners, that's like that's you know, national emergency level cold. So at one point, but Smokey, you know, he's the mascot. He's got a job to do, he's gotta be on the sideline. They wrapped this hound <laughs> in a Tennessee orange blanket. Yes, they did. So that yeah. it looked as if it were a monk, <laughs> yeah. which was adorable. And then they upped the ante on that by uh, there's another obviously another there's another human mascot who walks around dressed as Davy Crockett, noted Tennessee right. um, hero, and who has a coonskin cap. And at one point, the dog was wrapped in said blanket and had a coonskin cap on. Nice. And that almost right. broke the internet. And right. by almost broke the internet, I mean is now my phone background. <laughs> I just enjoy that a lot. <laughs> that's really neither here nor there, but that's heartwarming and adorable. You know what else is heartwarming and adorable? Not really Bridgebox doesn't fall on either one of those things, but we'd still like you to check it out. I, was, I thought you were going to say dog. Yeah, for dog. Okay. Now we, uh, Glenn keeps pitching that we just send people dogs with Bridgebox. We keep trying to tell them why that can't happen. Well, it's but hard if, to get, you if lick get you the people stamp, to sign up, we will include dog photos. You, you get to lick the stamp, you put it right on the dog. They got to take them, <laughs> is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't, think I don't know the regulations. Here's the thing about Bridgebox. Bridgebox is meant for you. It's customized to help you out in your life and your walk. We get, you get a big question. November's is how do I talk to a person who's going through a tough time? What do I say? Here's the thing. I know, I know you, Internet. If you think cat gifts would help that... We're willing to include it. You just got to ask. Absolutely. Now, right. As of now, we don't have cat gifts. I'm hoping to remedy that. But what we do have is songs, sermons, Bible studies, guest devotionals by experts in the field. You get music from Lee and Jed. You'll get preaching from Glenn and myself. You get writing from people we know who bring in all that for $8 a month. And that money goes to keep people employed in inner city ministry, people we have met from the neighborhood, come through our program, all that for only $8 a month. You can sign up for that at missionusa.com. You can sign up for the Lee Younger version, missionusa.com slash BBLY. All right, we are going to jump in to our first question here. And just before you do, sure. Are we sure we don't want to have an official dog of the podcast? When did we ever say we don't want that? Before, just we'll table it for later. Well, we can table that for later, but here's, here's what I think we might think about doing. I think if you think you're, if you're listening right now and you think your dog, should be the official uh, dog of the Say That Podcast. Send us your dog. I was going to say send us a picture <laughs> and why you think they should be. Yeah, I think, oh. I think Matt's approach might be a little bit more approachable. Simple. Sure. Well, sure. at least for the first round. Maybe in right. the uh, in the later rounds we'll do a, a hands-on thing. But Right, right, right. Sure. Uh, uh, just, be sh- just be clear, folks. We are for sale. Right. If you want to be the official <laughs> anything of the Say That Podcast, we well, are willing yeah. to be bribed into that. Absolutely. We'll put a like on our shirt sure. and everything. Yeah. Glenn will f- be full NASCAR by the time this whole thing's <laughs> over. All right. We go to our first question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. It says, I have a confession to make. Strong start. It says, I don't really watch pornography, but what I do is read erotica and masturbate to that. Is that sin? Wow. How can I get help? Thank you for keeping that somber there, Glenn. Yeah. Lee, why don't you start us off on this? Well, uh, we appreciate you riding into the, to the show and appreciate your honesty. And uh, thanks for 
you know, trusting us with your story. And the cool thing on, on this kind of deal is that a lot of people who have this kind of stuff going on in their life, uh, a lot of times can feel like, you know, I'm alone in this. There's, you know, I'm the only person that's going through this. And what I can almost guarantee you that's happening is that there are other people that are listening to the show and going, wow, I'm not the only person that deals with that. And there's yeah. some, there, yeah. there, there's some, there, you know, that's a refreshing thing for, to hear. So right off the bat, what I can tell you is just by sending that in and us putting it on the air, you're encouraging somebody that they're not alone, yeah. that they're not, you know, they're not a freak or not, you know, totally different than everybody else. I think that uh, Christians have a tendency to, to want to categorize everything. Like, I want to know, uh, this thing that I'm doing, is it a sin? How sinful is it? Um, we, we, what we want to yeah. do is we want to classify everything black and white for all people, for all times, all these things are sins. Here are a list of them. Here's 150 sins that I need to avoid. The only thing about that Best is... Best-selling Christian book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only thing about that is that's really no way to navigate a relationship with Jesus. Because now it's it's a great way to 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 you know to navigate a codified system of religion where you know we're trying to figure out how to follow these rules and how to do this system in the right way, just like you would a system of laws to be a citizen of a country or something like that. But that's not really what we're doing when we talk about knowing Jesus. When we talk about knowing Jesus, we're looking at having a friendship. Those anyway, that's the those are the terms that Jesus used. He said, "I want to call you my friends." Because yeah, a yeah, servant doesn't yeah. know what his master's doing. But everything that I'm doing, I'm telling you because you're my friend. And that's the relationship that I want with you. So what we want to look at is rather than just saying like, okay, this thing that I did, is that a sin? This thing over here, is that a sin? What, you'd rather, what we'd rather have you do is to approach your life um, in, the, in, in the vein that you look at um, my relationship with Jesus, my friendship with Jesus, and, and approach that in the way that you... Allow him to call shots in your life. I want to know him more. I want to love him more deeply than, than I've loved him in the past. I want to grow to love him better. And part of that is I want to give him permission to call shots in my life yeah. for a number yeah. of reasons. One, he made me. He made me and he knows me best. He knows what's going to give me the most fulfilling and satisfying life. And so... I can't always see what's coming. He knows everything about my life already. Because, he, because he's smarter than I am, because he loves me better than I love myself, I want to give Jesus permission to call shots in my life. Now, does that mean that Jesus might have some things to say about your sexual life? Absolutely. Just like he's going to have some things to say about relationships that you're in and stuff like that. But I think that as we get started on this, we want to think about it in those terms rather than the terms of, is this a sin or not? I, I, I think when we've said something like this on the show before, there are very few things in life that you can say 100% of the time for every single person, this is a sin. And that's not a really helpful way to look at everything. Rather, I want a relationship with Jesus where I love him more deeply. And I want to figure out what it means to please him, to walk with him, to know him. And part of that is giving him permission to call shots in my life, my sexual life included in that. That's absolutely right. One of the things about that, um, not it doesn't help to codify, as Lee's very rightfully pointing out, one of the things that does is it, it put, kind of puts a lot of that guilt and shame we talk about and stuff of people who maybe there's something that you're doing or someone else is doing that's perfectly fine, that you're trying to find a way to make that a sin. The opposite side of that, which seems to be what's going on here, is you're... There's something that you know is not particularly healthy, but you're right. 
trying to make it not technically a sin. That's I mean, lust is still lust, right, Glenn? Absolutely. That's a you know, I I think uh, we we use this phrase a lot with the the men and women that we work with in in the inner city that uh, when we set out to begin in our, our Christian life, we have a tendency to try to do the wrong thing the right way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try to find a right way to do yeah. this yeah. wrong thing I have in mind to do. And that really doesn't work. Um, uh, and, and for some reason, it feels like a tricky transition to doing the right thing in a way that's kind of wrong or inconsistent or yeah. any of those kinds of things. I think this is uh, part of that thinking of, okay, I'm trying to do a wrong I, – I, I'm doing something I feel concerned about or guilty about or whatever those things are, uh, but I'm I'm trying to find a legit way to do that or whatever, uh, trying to you know maybe minimize it in some sort of way. Uh, but I think the, the thing for us to look at is the lust piece is still kind of there, and – um, there's also, and this is the most important thing, the unfulfilling part yeah. of this is still there. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's the thing that we want for you is to have a fulfilling uh, sex life, to have sex be something that is satisfying to you, that's part of a larger lifestyle that uh, you share with uh, your spouse and that you feel good and healthy about and all that stuff. So uh, I know that's tough to hear from someone who is married and doesn't have to deal with those struggles. But I think uh, it's important for us to look at the fact that um, uh, that lack of fulfillment is going to to drive you back into further and further extremes. Yeah. So we don't, have, we don't have a way forward on this. Absolutely right. Judge jump in there. Well, I think let's talk about something non-sexual for a second because I think it may help to, to give some context here. When I was about 14, I had friends who were a bit older than me that were playing in a rock band. And I saw them play for the very first time and remember very clearly just, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing of all time. No matter what, I want to do that. Yeah. I want that experience. I want to be in a band. I want to play in a band. It's going to be amazing. Well, now, if I went from that point and I would read a lot of magazine articles about bands and I would um, watch videos of bands performing and maybe I'd get you know a guitar and I'd kind of play it in my bedroom, but you know that, that was kind of it. But I'd, I'd never actually take any steps towards playing an instrument in a band – I'm kind of making myself miss out. Mm-hmm. There's right. this thing that I really, really want that for some reason I'm not pursuing. You know, I'm, I'm willing to kind of be around the periphery of it. I'm, I'm willing to kind of fantasize about elements of it and kind of, you know, uh, um, play with elements of it. But I'm not I'm not pursuing it. And at a certain point, if someone knew me and loved me, they, they would come to me and say, why aren't you pursuing this? Right. It's it's a cool thing to want to play in a band. There's nothing to stop you from playing in a band. Go play in a band. Go, you right. know, put down Rolling Stone magazine. Um, you know, put down the Rockstar video game with the toy guitar. Right, right. Go, go get a real guitar. Go play in a band. Go do right. that. You will be bad at it. That's fine. But go play in a band. Well, so it is here. 
What I've heard people in counseling situations say about erotica as opposed to pornography is they like the narrative element of it and they like the romance element of right. it, it just as much as the sexual element of it. Well, here's the thing. What if you could go have your own romance and your right. own narrative? And yes, it, when the time is right, your own sexy parts as well. What, what if you could actually have all of that as well? And what if the key thing about erotica and specifically the way that you're using it is that it was keeping you from going and joining a band it was right. keeping you from going and having that amazing experience that you want to have that god probably wants for you too yeah. right. you know if if you're reading this stuff and you're and you just is you know, the romance and and the and the narrative and the whole thing and you know there's there's some sexy bits and that to you that's really exciting you could actually pursue that in your life yeah. in the form of real relationships with real people um and that doesn't have to be a wrong thing um, in proper boundaries, that can actually be beautiful, and you can have romance that's godly, and you can have um, a narrative that's exciting without you know crossing unhealthy boundaries. You can do that. So I think the thing that we want to look at, just like me with wanting to play in a rock band, is what's keeping you, what's actually holding you back from pursuing this thing that you clearly want? Yeah. What's, what's standing mm. in the way? Because this all looks a lot like a substitute, and I think we need to figure out why we're cheating ourselves. That's a really great point. One of the things that, that, that goes back to what Glenn and uh, Lee were saying earlier, that classifying it as sin doesn't really help or hurt because it's a, it is a behavior that is not going to get you where you actually want right. to be in life. No doubt. You're not going to get you what God wants for you in life. So if we, if you listen to this and hear us say, yeah, this is clearly sin and it's, it is sin in the same way that looking at videos of porn and masturbating, that is sin. I mean, it's all sure under the same umbrella. That's you're not actually in a worse place than you started because the issue is not whether or not something falls into the category of sin. The issue is not, is whether or not this is something God wants for you. Clearly not. So the question there is, what do we do now? And Lee, why don't you walk us through some first steps on that? Well, for me, I mean, you know, whenever, and I actually do a lot of counseling on this kind of issue with... With uh, with a lot of the young people that I that I work with, but whenever you want to dial back or stop something that you just feel like you can't or you don't know how, the f- very first thing that you need to do is you need to find somebody that you can be honest with about it. You need to find somebody yeah. that you can talk to and somebody that you can uh, just that you can be open and that somebody that won't judge you, that'll listen to you, and that'll kind of help you look at the situation. Because the key thing, the thing that you actually need to do is not like, to, like a lot of times to kind of go in the back of what Matt's just saying, when we look at this and say like, okay, is this a sin? It's like, well, yeah, sure. It's like, okay, well, now that I know it's a sin, I'll just stop. That's actually not the way that works. You can't just stop now that you know it's a sin or now that you know it's not what Jesus wants for you or whatever. It's it's not just that that you can just turn this off or turn this the the desires for this fantasy off or desires for sex off or anything like that. You don't you don't just muscle this thing through. The way that you do this is that you develop a strategy. And the way that you develop a strategy is you've got to figure out why this is happening. You know, what, like, what were the events mm. surrounding this last time that I messed up? Um, what, what, what happened to me in my day? You know, did somebody say something to me that really upset me, that made me feel like a failure? And then I was basically kind of medicating a, a, a down emotional swing. That's one of the things that we find a lot. When I, whenever I've counseled people on, on this, kind of, this kind of issue is that you find it's, it's not always about sex. 
Sometimes it's about people being exhausted. Yeah. Sometimes it's about people yeah. being yeah. bored. Sometimes it's about people feeling like a failure. Sometimes it's about people feeling unaccepted or insecure. So there's all kinds of different things. So you need to find somebody that you can be honest with who's not going to judge you and can help you kind of talk it through and develop a strategy. That's where you've got to start because you've got to figure out why is this happening and what can I do when, those, when I hit those triggers to, to do something constructive and healthy instead of this behavior. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And Glenn, another aspect of that that people don't really think about is whether or not this is the time to take this on, right? That's exactly right. And, and, and piggybacking on exactly what Lee is talking about, God has an agenda for the things he wants us to change in our life. Here's the thing. We, when I talk to people and, 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 and they're talking about, okay, you know, what do we want to change? How do, you know, what, how do we figure that out? Uh, what is it about your life that, that you want to do differently and so forth? About 99.99% of them say, stop cussing and stop looking at porn. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. And then there's never anything, on, third thing on that if list. If I had the exact same life I have now, but minus those two elements, everything would be perfect. Yeah, I'd yeah. be pretty much fully sanctified and holy and whatever. (laughs) So the thing is to recognize you were born imperfect, you're going to die imperfect. Someone paid for those sins, but you're still a sinner, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to achieve a state of perfection between now and the grave. So what that really means is an endless endless string of things that the Lord wants for us to be working on. Mm -hmm. I can tell you at any given time, the number one thing that I'm working on right now I can tell you the number two and number three thing that are sort of queued up that will Mm. come next and so forth. Uh, And so it's important that God be in charge of what's on that list uh, for what needs to be changed at what time. Mm -hmm. If you let your sense of guilt or society or the speaker at your youth conference or whatever, move something to the top of that list that doesn't belong there. You yeah. are not on a righteous path. Yeah. If God says, I want you to change, you know, this one thing, uh, let's say insecurity or body image issue or any of that, let's say that's at the top. And uh, this stuff, the porn stuff is number 10 on that list. Mm-hmm. Then you have to figure out how do I focus all of my attention yeah. on the first yeah. thing so that I knock that out and I move down? Now here, <coughs> excuse me, here's the magic part of that is take what Lee was just talking about, about triggers. So let's say my triggers are depression. So if I deal with my body image issue that I have at the top or my insecurity or whatever those things are, I'm less depressed. Mm-hmm. So that's less of a trigger. If, no doubt. If, yeah. the, if the number two thing is I'm, I need to have more courage in my relationships, so that means I'm going to be asking someone out. So now I have a, a sense of there's hope for me and I'm not depressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. So you can see by, by doing it in the Lord's order, now when this comes up, I have this momentum wow. of yeah, all this change absolutely. going on. Yeah. Now it's a lot easier to change. Now it's an entirely different dynamic. At, at that point, it's like, well, this just doesn't fit. Yeah. And that's, but we have to be okay. comfortable with letting God put that where he wants it on the list. And people have a way of putting that right at the top of the list, not putting all their focus on it, and it just comes around and around, and they just wound it instead of killing it. That's just it. because that's, I think it's, it's so naughty, Glenn. That's the thing. Yeah. Is it? No one's really admitting to yeah. it. It's a that's a hidden, secret, hidden sin, and 
uh, you know, it just goes round and round. Yeah. But if we put that in the right order, it'll change things. What's yeah. funny about that is there's something we often talk about around uh, just between the four of us kind of offline stuff is that it's funny that sometimes if people really believe the theological points they think they claim to believe, they would act in a totally different way. Like one of the big um, examples of that is we always say about people, if you actually believed in the depravity of man, the fact that you look at porn would not be a shock to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, yes, and that's yeah. no problem because we all come to that understanding. Mm-hmm. But I say that, say this, if you actually believe that sin causes problems in your life, that it is something harmful in the way that the Bible actually talks about it, you would be more inclined to make decisions about what you're going to change based on what is doing harm in your right. life. Yeah. 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 As right. opposed to what Lee is pointing out to you right there is that instead of choosing what should be the number one thing, like you're talking about, based on what are other Christians trying to put the fear on me about. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jed, I know you're you're on the same thing that Glenn is, and he's kind of just talking that stuff. Can you give us just a real quick couple minute sketch about how you just dis- get from the Lord what your number one thing is right now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great question. I think um, you're going to want to look for, you're going to want to look for the Lord to be speaking to you, obviously, but that's going to happen hopefully in a combination of three different ways. Um, you're going to want to look uh, for, as you read the the Bible, um, I think we've all had the experience of things in the Bible just kind of leaping out yeah. at us. Just, man, that's that's for me, that, that verse. So I think you want to look for, you know, is there a pattern to that as you, as you read the Word? Is there stuff that just kind of leaps out at you? It's just, you know, you know it's the Lord trying to get your attention. I think similarly, as you are still and quiet before the Lord in prayer and listen for his, for the voice of the Holy Spirit there, you know, I think you want to look for what God has to say to you there. And then I think you want, ideally, if you're in a situation where you have a pastor, you have mentors in your life, there's nothing wrong going and saying, what do you see in me that are my blind spots? What do you see in me that are the things that, you know, yeah. are holding me back? And when you find those three things all agreeing, all pointing in the same direction, it's time to act. Uh, yeah. and, and it's time to, to act boldly. Yeah. I think I would I would add to that one thing that that definitely is worth looking at. Here is, you know, we've said there it, it's not super beneficial to categorize things into sin or, or, or not sin because it actually doesn't give you what you think it would. But here's one categorization that does help a lot. It's a tendency that's that's um, it tends to be almost universally true. Um, things that are not God's will for you are going to sound really super appealing before you do them. Yeah. And then are going to be basically completely dissatisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's going to be true of basically everything that God does not have for you. Whereas the things that God has for you are going to sound like, I don't want to do that. That I'm, I'm tired. I'm, you know, I don't feel good. I got too much going on. It doesn't besides and so forth. But after you do it, you're like, man, that was so awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I just love to do that again. And here's the thing is, um, sin or not sin, whatever you reading erotica and masturbating to it is squarely in the camp of it always sounds like it's going to be just amazing and hit the spot. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Right. That's it's squarely. There's no questions in that camp. You know, it's in that camp. It's, and it's just like McDonald's, Mm. you know, McDonald's sounds like it's going to be amazing every day. It's like, Oh man, I can always taste those French fries. And you go, what did I just do to myself? The McRib is a perfect example. Every year I go, Oh man, I could go for a McRib. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it's it, it's shaped as if there's ribs in it, but there are no bones. There are no bones or pork. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, but the things that the Lord has for you, and and you know, per your question, Matt, about finding, you know, what's that thing? You know, you know, the, the challenge that God's going to have before you is almost certainly going to sound like, oh, I don't know, and besides, and so forth, and you know, yeah. getting on eHarmony sounds unpleasant and hard and weird, and what would people think? But as you take a step on each step you take, you're going to feel like, man, I'm so glad I did yeah. that. That yeah. was that was the good stuff right there, and, and that's how you learn to live without regrets. Amen. That's that's how you learn to live a, a life worth living, and that's what we want for you. And that's what the Lord wants for you. Uh, it's absolutely right. It's a lot of good stuff. All right, we'll move on to our next question here. It also came in anonymously at our Tumblr. It says, I grew up in a Christian family, but was raised differently from people at most churches. My dad smokes weed, always has. My mom supports gay marriage, and they lived together before they were married. I'm not much different from them when it comes to life choices. I want to be a Christian, and I hope that as I mature, I can learn to live how God intends. Some people may not consider me Christian, but does God count me out? I don't see how he could want me when I sin, and to be honest, I'm not always remorseful after. Glenn, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a lot here uh, that I could get derailed on. Sure. Uh, but I think the main thing is that you can't live your parents' faith. Yeah. That's the real thing that we're doing here, whether we deem your parents' faith to be whatever it is, you know, orthodox or legit or whatever, whatever, uh, that part doesn't actually matter. You know, uh, when uh, uh, I, I talked to a certain number of people who either raised in a church or uh, like Jed was a, a pastor's kid, and um, almost always there's that point where they have to decide, I need to stage sort of a... Not necessarily a rebellion, but I need like a reboot where I start from scratch for myself, where I'm not, you know, uh, now I'm going to rebuild this faith. Now, I will use bits and pieces of things that my uh, family or my father has said. Yeah, I may well discover that as I'm rebooting from scratch, oh, that was actually a really good idea. I'm going to incorporate that. Yeah, you know, it it, it may, you know, bear resemblance and stuff to uh, your your parents' uh, faith in in certain ways, but it has to be your own. That's the key thing. Uh, If you were raised in the church and your parents are Christian and stuff, it's good stuff and we're happy for you, but there needs to be a point where you stop and you pull up and and say, Lord, I want to uh, sort of uh, redesign this, rebuild it, rework it to where it's really, really, really just you and me and something that's appropriate for me. I write in a journal because that's what my mom did, but you know what? I hate writing in a journal and I, I don't it doesn't do it for me. I love whatever it is. I love to go jogging. Can I just talk to you while I jog this? That would be so cool. Uh being able to give yourself permission to do that, I think that's the whole key mm-hmm. is to recognize um uh, what may or may not work for your parents is not going to work for you because you're different from your parents. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or that their faith is messed up in some sort of way. It just means you need something for you. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And Lee, why don't you uh, break us down a little bit of the uh, kind of lapses in theology that are going on in this question well, here? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. At the end of the question, you're saying, like, you know, I don't see how God could accept me when I sin. And then, to be honest, I don't feel that bad about it. You know, it's so weird when you hear people say, like, 
you know, I just don't know if so-and-so is a Christian because they just don't seem to have any remorse when they sin. And it's like, mm. dude, do you? How, how right. much remorse? Like, right, like right. are you supposed to do sackcloth and ashes? Yeah. Are you supposed to... Right. What, like, is it supposed to be like, it's like 60% of the time when you sin, you're remorseful? Or, you know, or is it, could you get a buy with 42% of the time I feel bad? I mean, I don't really know. I, I, I think, I think the thing that would shock most people the most is if, is if the Lord was to just show up physical form talking, everybody's listening. And he was to say, I died on the cross to pay for sin. And guess what? I also paid for shame and guilt and we're done with those now. I actually don't want you to feel that. That's not how you measure how in you are. And and yeah. y'all all need to stop measuring each other by guilt. You know, if you have yeah, enough guilt, yeah. then you're in enough. I think the thing on this is, is that if you have recognized me running my own life, I make a mess out of it. I I made a disaster out of it. I need to be rescued. And Jesus loved me in a way that nobody else has. He's died to rescue me. I want Him to come into my life. You can't get any more saved than that. That that's yeah. saved now. The thing on that is you will sin for the rest of your life, period. You're never going to be done with that part of it. And sometimes when you sin, you're not even going to care. Sometimes when you right. sin, you're not even going to know. I mean, there's a, right, there's a place right. in the Psalms where David says, Lord, save me from my willful sins. Save me from the stuff that I don't even know I'm doing. And yeah, that's just yeah. that's just how deceptive and screwed up our hearts are. We're always going to sin. Sometimes we're not even going to know it. Sometimes we're not even going to feel bad about it. But the thing that you need to know is, if you believed in Jesus, if you want a, a new life with Him because you know that He loved you and came to rescue you, you're in, man. And and here's the cool thing, you said you said in there something about uh, you know some people might look at me and feel like I'm not a Christian. They don't get a vote. It doesn't matter right. what they think about it whatsoever. The real question here is, it's, it's just what Glenn was saying. This is, you're making something that is between you and Jesus. Yeah. And what's the score in that realm? It's between you and him. Do you want a life with him? Do you want him to rescue you? Then you're in. That's, that's the end of that story. Absolutely. Jed? Well, to pick up right on what both Glenn and Lee are saying, in a funny way, my friend, I think your parents have actually put you in a great position to have a really cool and authentic life of faith. And I'll tell you why I say that. Most Christians don't examine the things they claim to believe. No. Uh, you know, most Christians get wound up on emotion and then um, just try and ride that out. And most of that's guilt and shame based. And it, and it doesn't work. Um, and uh, your parents, I'm guessing, I could be wrong, but it sounds to me like your parents are both people that look a lot of what gets said in church and go, yeah, I don't think so. It's, uh, it's, no. And the thing on that is if you stop there, then yeah, that can be an unhealthy thing. But if you push through and keep asking questions, you get to that place of making your faith your own and it's way better. I'll tell you what I mean. So for example, your dad smokes weed and always has. Here's my guess. My guess is your dad says, well, look, I've read the Bible. Okay. Jesus drank wine. Um, how is me having a toke here and there all that different from Jesus drinking wine? 
come on now, what are we talking about? Well, the thing is, he, he kind of has a point. He's, he's, he's wrong. It is different. It's, it's not the same. And there's really good reasons not to smoke weed. But um, when he looks at that, he says, I hear all these Christians freaking out about anything drug-related, and they don't have a point. And they're just, it's just all fear, guilt, and shame. So no. I'm, I'm not doing it. He, he's yeah. actually kind of right about that. Right. Nearly anything you would hear in the church related to drug use, and particularly kind of um, not hardcore drugs, but stuff like, like a, a marijuana, is overcooked, not based in fact, not based in logic, not really based in the Bible either. It's based in, think about the babies. That's, that's right. actually what, what all of it's based in. And your dad is, I'm guessing, looking at that saying, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't buy that. What he's not doing, of course, is what we talked about in the last question, which is going to the Lord and saying, do you want marijuana to have a place in my individual okay. life? Mm-hmm. You know, for, forget what's true for everybody else. Do you, does this make sense for my individual life? And when you start to get to that place, you have something way, way more healthy. Let's right. look at your mom for a second. You said she supports gay marriage. I imagine part of what's driving that for your mom is a sense of if two people love each other, who am I to stand in the way of that? If, if two people love each other, uh, who am I to say boo about it? You know right. what I mean? You know, I, I respect other people. You know, I respect uh, their rights and I respect their choices. And that's that's the way it should be. Your mom's not exactly wrong about that. The, right. the question is, what's the most loving way to live that out? What's the most loving way to live out respect for other people's choices, respect for other people's happiness, respect for other people's desires? What I'm saying is I think your parents, it's not that they've taken a wrong turn. I think they've taken a right turn and only gone halfway down that road. Okay. I think that's mm. what they've done. Mm. They've said, a lot of what I see on Sunday morning doesn't add up. And mm. they're right about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But then they've stopped short of pursuing that and wrestling with the Lord on those issues and making that faith their own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you get to stand on their shoulders and take things to a next level is by saying, my parents were right to look at this stuff and say it doesn't add up. I need to figure out the way God actually wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if if being uptight about you know any form of substance use is not the right answer, then what is the right answer? What what is an informed Christian opinion about ma- marijuana use look like? What is an informed Christian opinion about um, uh, 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 gender issues and, and um, sexual identity issues? What does that actually look like? If you'll do that, you will be more. Uh, forgive the phrase, you will be more Christian than about 99% of the people you see in church on a Sunday morning. Right. I think it's a fascinating idea because as Lee kind of uh, started down the path of, of what if other people don't consider me Christian? Here's the thing. I've read the Bible. Yeah. Looking at someone's other spiritual life and going, well, they're certainly not Christian. Jesus went like way harder on that than almost anything else. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot about jumping. There's a whole lot about cutting off your own body parts and, you know, pulling planks out of your eyes. But as just as these guys are saying that, you know, you can't live your parent's spiritual life and you can't live Roger Ailes's spiritual life. We're all maybe. glad about that. Yeah. Um, you also can't really trust church people to give you an idea of what a healthy Christian walk should look like. Yeah. Particularly if you maybe are just a young person who's just kind of going to the church you go to and it's, it's fine, but it's not, you know, the pastor's not mentoring you and you don't, you're not real in it. You haven't really checked up on their stuff. Like just, you can't, here's the thing about church people. We, we all are on this podcast to an extent, church people by definition. We know many of you listen, we love you. Church people are insane. Yeah. You can't give them an inch. Right. They have just as Judd's pointing out. It's also a very, it's probably a very um, suburban white church culture thing of there's people who just have opinions. Yeah. They just have them and they want to share them. 
And they're not necessarily informed as we, this goes back to a little bit of what we talked about in the last question. They don't necessarily have this opinion because they think the issue is important or because they think they're super informed about it and can be helpful. They're sharing this opinion because they just have it real hard. Yeah. Totally. Give you an example. And I'm going to get him to talk about uh, this general idea. I have heard both firsthand and secondhand people who did not get invited to do so. Give Lee and his wife advice about parenting. <laughs> Here's the thing. Wow. I know Lee. I know his wife. They're both amazing people. They're both walking with the Lord and listening to the Lord. And their kids are stone cold, 100% wall-to-wall awesome. Right. And the people who I know have given the, well, you know what we did? I've met their kids, too. Yeah. And I'm going to end that sentence there. Yeah. But I'm going to do this with my voice so you know what I'm implying. Yeah. <laughs> and Lee, Lee yeah, you do work subtle. at a church. And it's not necessarily even from a, a negative point of view. It's not these people mean harm, but... You just can't expect your walk to look. There's some church people yeah. have this idea that a good walk all looks the same, and that's not true, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's it's one of those deals where it's it's just like, you know, everybody's got their thing, but my life is not going to look the way yours does, and I don't need to hear that from you necessarily. And so it's yeah, you know that that's the whole deal with me, and it, it you know it's like I I don't know I, I'm perfectly happy to say all right. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jesus what it needs to be for me. And I'd, if, if you want to ask me, if you want some help, I'm, I'd love to help you kind of walk down the road of what that journey sh- should look like for you. But I have no inclination that it's going to be the same thing as me. And I think that's where we get tied up on this deal is that we do assume that everybody's supposed to look the same and we just don't. It's, it's just a totally different thing. But the cool thing is, is that as soon as you let that possibility out, what, what Jed's talking about and what we've been kind of, this has been kind of a thread in this episode that I have an individual friendship with Jesus. And he has something that he wants for me that's different than what he wants for Jed. As soon as I as soon as I let that be a thing, as soon as I let that be a possibility, then we can really start to have these totally interesting lives, totally interesting walks. And because Glenn's walk is so much different than mine, then he's got you know, if we talk about an issue, he might have a way to see it that I've never thought about before. When I invite him into that conversation, we can have a really cool kind of dialogue about stuff because we're not the exact same. And that's what makes it interesting. It makes it cool. Yeah. Well, let me jump in there just with one real quick final thought for works for you, Matt, on this uh, on this question. I'm offended. Well, I, I think we all are, really. Um, me, most of all. Um, but you say in this, I don't see how he could want me when I sin. And to be honest, I'm not always remorseful after. Here's my guess about where that's coming from. You're talking about lifestyle stuff. First of all, you're talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You're talking about a sin that you think exempts you from all the Bible stuff. Exactly right. But here's what I hear you describing is something where you think you should feel guilty and you kind of don't. That's okay. That makes, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Let's let's be honest. We're almost certainly talking about something sexual. Let's be further honest. Christians have developed neuroses about anything sexual that boggle the mind. Right. Um, most Christians, at least in the United States of America, are incapable of having a discussion about anything sexual without being psychos, without right. just freaking it, all the way out. It's an unhealthy obsession. Right? No question. So <laughs> part of what may be going on for you is that you fool around with somebody and you're like, well, I know all the people I know from church would be in sackcloth and ashes right now and in unbridled anguish, and I'm not, so maybe there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it turns out kind of not. If you're looking at that and you're saying, you know what, that wasn't good, 
I, you know, I'm not glad that I hooked up with that person. It, it wasn't great. And I mm. probably don't want to do that again in the future, but what can you do? That's actually closer to a healthy attitude yeah. than the, my sin is always before me that right. you get on Sunday morning. Right, right, that's, right, right. that's not a healthy attitude at all. Just well, and, to be crystal clear. And, the, and those people don't have that attitude either. They're just selling you on it. Exactly right. But if we want to move forward, here's the thing. I think you're looking for something authentic. I think you're looking for something genuine. And I think you're going to know it when you find it, and it's going to involve serving other people. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a huge period in my life where, as Glenn mentioned, I, I was raised a pastor's kid, and I basically walked away from the whole thing because I just don't buy it. I see all these people you know, in sackcloth and ashes and grieving <laughs> under their sins, and I just it's not me. If right. maybe that's them, maybe they're put on ears. I don't, but it's not me. It just it doesn't work for me. I can't roll with that. It's it's just it's not like that. Yes, I'm a sinner. I've got issues, but but for me, one of the things that was a key turning point was seeing things that I really did care about and discovering that God really cared about those things too. Mm-hmm. Um, right. For me, a lot of that has to do with injustice. I see mm-hmm. people being mistreated. I see people being uh, suffering and 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 knowing I could do something about it. And there's something in it that says I can't let that be okay. I can't leave right. that where it is. I've got to do something about that. Well, I suspect there's something like that for you too. Um, you see your church friends and they're emotional about all this sin stuff and you're not. And you think that means there's something wrong with you. It doesn't. But what it does mean is you need to find something you are passionate in a positive sense about. I think if you look into serving other people, I think you're going to find that thing that you're passionate about in a positive sense in there in a way that feeling guilt over sin is never going to fill. Amen. That's absolutely a great point. Glenn, I'd like to get uh, one more thought from you before we close this question out. Sure. This person mentions, you know, I have sin, but I don't feel remorseful. But they also, as I think we picked that apart pretty well, they also say the thing about, you know, I want, to be, I want to be a Christian, and I hope that as I mature, I can learn to live how God intends. And they, they seem to have uh, fumbled into this, but that's actually a far more powerful motivation than I yeah. do something wrong and I feel super bad about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're writing in the question because you're concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Remorseful may not be what that is exactly, but it, it, if you're worried, that's kind of a same diff kind of a thing. But uh, a lo- really building on what, what Jed was saying right there is we have a sense if I do this one sin, then all the stuff in the Bible about forgiveness, that's not true because you did that one sin. Right. That's a different category. That's because they all talk bad about it, and they all go on and on and on. Uh, that doesn't exist. Yeah, sure. So there's that. That would kind of undo the whole idea of Christianity. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, that remorse sounds like uh, sounds. You know, if you if God was saying, "I want you to change this part of your life," and then you don't, you know, I think yeah, you feel sort of a, you know, sort of a. a um, a thing where you're sort of kicking yourself in the behind and saying, no, come on, you know, hit another gear. It uh, could be better than this. It could be better than this. Let me get smarter about this. Let me get uh, more motivated somehow. Let me, as, as, as Lee was saying, you know, share this with a friend who can help encourage me, something. But um, remorseful, if you say all of that is remorse is under the category of remorseful, okay. But I think what you mean by remorseful is feeling bad about yeah. what you're, yeah. you've done. Okay, here's the thing about that is if I burned your house down and, and you come to me and say, you burned my house down, I say, yeah, but I'm really remorseful. Ooh, I feel rough about that. That doesn't put the house back together. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Uh, 
it's it's just negative emotion that's actually draining our interest and our focus and our energy and our power towards making changes. So it's actually going in the wrong direction. So as these guys were saying before, I think uh, uh, it's really about getting less legalistic and more into that relationship. Uh, that's absolutely right. Let's move on to our last question here. It came into our Tumblr inbox. It says, I hope this is not a really weird question. That's we so get a little weird. excited when we hear him start that way. Well, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah. It's so weird. But I'm a Christian guy and worried about my future engagement and wedding. Specifically, mm. there seems to be a lot of pressure on achieving the perfect ring and wedding reception. Uh, You'll get your chance. Mm. And those prices seem enormous and way yeah. above what I can afford. I don't want to sound cheap, and I want to give my lady the best, but is there a better way to use that money? <laughs> Again, you'll get your chance. Or is it pretty much socially required to do it this way? Glenn is literally straining at the leash, but I'm going to let Jed go first on this one because he can speak to this pretty specifically. Well, I can. Um, I, I hear you. That's that's the key thing. And, right. um, and I get that sense of pressure. And, and let's tell the truth. Uh, you know, when when you love somebody, you want to do for them in in a big way. Sure. Absolutely, you, you, you want to be able to do the big gesture, and you want to open the the velvet box, and you know, yeah. there's tears and a gasp and, and yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. I totally hear that. Get as much attention onto each other. As Absolutely, possible. makes yeah. perfect sense. Uh, my story put it is on the Twitter. Put it on the Twitter. Absolutely. You, well, you got to you know, it's, you got to get it. It's got to look good on yeah. Pinterest, man. If, if it's not on Pinterest, are you even engaged? I don't think I so. Mean, Technically. Okay, so, you know, I met my wife, and very quickly, um, it was clear to me, this is the girl of my dreams. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, just, she's way out of my league. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, loves Jesus, beautiful, uh, funny, amazing, just awesome. But here's the thing, I'm crazy, crazy broke. I have, <laughs> right. I have zero dollars, so what are we going to do here? Um, and there's a, there's a few things on that. Um um, I, uh, uh, I'm actually wearing right now a wedding ring that was given to me, uh, by a very, very, very dear friend of mine. Um, and it's one of my most treasured possessions. Um, I, my engagement ring that I gave my wife was, belonged to like a great aunt twice removed that my mom had. And I went to my mom and I said, you remember all those times I was a good son? Uh, I'm I'm cashing all of them in (laughs) right right now. Um, My my point is even, and we'll talk about the wedding in a second, but with the engagement stuff and whatnot, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, If you want to, if the goal is to say, I want to give this girl something cool and something exciting, there's a way to pull that off. You can can find a way. What isn't on the table is the perfect Tiffany engagement ring and the horse-drawn carriage and whatnot. That's not going to be possible. But here's the funny thing. I bet the girl you're looking for wouldn't insist on that anyway. Um, I bet the, the, the girl that you're looking for, it's not that she wouldn't think that was cool necessarily, but something that came from the heart and that was personal and that was driven by love, she would think was just right. Yeah, That's, instead of trying to buy your way into that. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. In terms of the wedding, um, here's what we did. Uh, for what it's worth, it was useful. We said we have no money. Um, we happen to have some very specific situations where we were going to be paying for our own wedding. Uh, we weren't going to have family chipping in on that. A variety of reasons for that. Um, but we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, get the church basement 
um, on a Friday, because we can get it cheaper and there's no competition, we're going to make it an open invitation to anyone in the world that wants to come. Um, uh, we'll, we'll blast it via email and whatnot, and that way we don't have to pay for you know formal linen invitations with engraved whatever. <laughs> um, but everyone is invited. We want, we want people to be there. We're going to have a little reception afterwards. We're going to have a pie and coffee. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully it'll be enough for everybody to have a piece of pie. Um, but then we're going to call all of our friends and say, can you help us make this a really cool wedding? So, for example, we had um, origami on every table at the reception because Brother Glenn was doing origami at the time and he made all of our wedding decorations. Yeah, he did. I am yep. not making that up. That doesn't even sound like it could be true. Well, it's completely and totally we true. Do, and for we the do right need price, say, he'll make yours. We do, no, he won't. We do need to say that... Just because Jed just mentioned that, and just because it was true, Glenn is not going to make origami for your say that wedding. That is absolutely true. Here's all I'm saying. Make an offer. Make an offer. (laughs) Likewise, uh, I called up Lee, and Lee and I have worked on music stuff together for a long, long time. But I said, Lee, I need to ask you a big favor. I need you to write a song for my wedding and drive the 12 hours up here to come and play it. And because Lee is an amazing, amazing human being, he said, okay. And he and Christy came up, and they played the song, and Enjoy. it's the coolest thing of all time, and it's one of my all-time favorite songs from anyone, and it's amazing. But basically, we contacted you know, our friends and the people that loved us, and said, can, can you do something to help make this a cool thing? And here's what I want you to know about that. I think we spent a grand total of about $100 on that wedding, um, which right. was about $100 more than what we actually had, um, and it was incredible yeah it was beautiful yep. and gorgeous and fully it, it, weddingy it was very weddingy in in every sense absolutely yeah. we had we had we had photos we had the whole thing here's my bottom line before I, I pass it on if you're willing to be creative um if you're willing to say look this is about you know making a commitment before the lord and celebrating our love there's a way to do that that's cool there's a way to do that that is accessible and approachable it does involve bucking a certain amount of societal expectations yeah. yes but there's nothing the only thing that's keeping you from doing that is fear um, you know, if you and your lady are on the same page about it, and um, and you really need to be because it won't work if you're not. But if you and your lady are on the same page about it, it actually doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. But if you talk to your friends, people that love you, they'll be excited for you no matter what, and you can come up with a beautiful engagement and a beautiful wedding. Absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the things to uh, that goes with this question is if these are the biggest concerns you have about getting engaged or married, yeah, there have man. been some blind spots yeah, along the way. That. You counsel many of the young people before they get engaged and married. I'm guessing cost of reception isn't the number one thing you tackle. Yeah, if 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 this is what we're looking at, we're already in the tall grass, man. We there there's there's there are whole other things that we need to be talking about. Let, let me say this from the top, and just to kind of go off of what where Jed was, I, I as he said, I was at that wedding. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. It was as Glenn said, very weddingy. And, and super sweet. It was awesome. But the thing on this is that we have a misconception, especially in our society, that romance equals the biggest, most expensive show. Yeah. Now, look, there is nothing... You, you should want romance and a great story yep. and all that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. Romance does not equal money spent. Romance does not equal what looks great on Pinterest. Romance does not equal making everybody think you've got the coolest looking, you know, uh, engagement or the coolest looking wedding. Romance has to do with getting to know someone. Getting to know what makes them tick. Getting to know what makes their, you know, what makes their heart 
uh, you know, swell, what makes them overwhelmed with joy, getting to know somebody. And, you know, when you, when you have this relationship and you've got your inside jokes and you've got all that kind of stuff, one thing I can tell you is, you know, Christy and I have been married for over 13 years and, you know, the stuff that everybody focuses on when they're looking at the societal wedding, those are not the things that we care about. The things that we care about are the fact that we have had a life together. That we have, yeah. we have these stories. We've, we have, we, you know, we ha- we have this, we have this home. We have these children. We have, we have this life together. That's that's where romance comes from. Is from laying down your life and loving someone well. And and uh, and that is the fulfillment that you're going to get. If 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 a young couple comes to me to talk about you know their engagement and their wedding, and they want to talk about the ceremony, I derail that conversation so fast. I mean, I just commandeer it. We don't talk about any of that stuff. I I tell them with the ceremony, I don't care. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take vows before a holy God. We're going to do that. If If you have bridesmaids and groomsmen, I don't care. If you have them or don't have them, if they fall down or leave, I don't care. We're going to do the vows part, do whatever else you want to do. But this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about your life together. We're going to talk about how to fight. We're going to talk about how to talk about money. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about in-laws. We're going to get you guys ready to be married to one another. The engagement and the the cost and all that kind of stuff, that is the wrong thing to be focused on, man. Well, I, uh, Glenn, do you have any thoughts about this? Yes, I do. Oh, well, please share them. <laughs> well, let me just say this: um, you, you, you really do want to talk to Jed Brewer about how to do a wedding right because he he did do that, and he and Hallie uh, may be the only people who've ever done it right. <laughs> exactly. And here's what I want to say about th- this wedding: is there's a there's a picture we need to find and post it somewhere somehow. But it it's a perfect picture that that just shows everything about this wedding to me, where. Uh, you guys don't know this, maybe who are listening at home, but uh, Jed is married to a supermodel, good-looking woman. That's true. Yeah, that's scientifically accurate. Who is wearing, you know, her her uh, wedding dress, which was purchased in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't one of those we're do we're planning this a year in advance no. kind of thing. Uh, she looks like a Hollywood actress uh, person on the red carpet, whatever. Now, Jed's standing next to her, and Jed is, I think, I am could say well enough that he's an attractive man. Sure, right. Sure. But standing next to this woman... <laughs> It it's looks a stark contrast. It looks like some troll. <laughs> it has snuck into the picture, and he has this grin yeah. on his face, like I got away <laughs> with this. Have you ever seen so the hard. last scene of any of those Oceans movies yeah, where yeah. they're walking out of the casino yeah. and they've stolen the twenty million dollars nobody knows about, and they've all fully gotten away with it? That's, that's what we're talking that's about. That's yeah. the look on this yeah. man's face. But there's flowers and there's a whole thing and reception, all of those kinds of things. Bottom line, you, you got two options. You can you can live out your princess fantasy uh, and try and honor God with that, and you won't. There's zero percent chance of that happening. Uh, also, this is something cool and interesting that you might learn: is nobody 
Nobody cares about that and wants to go to it. Nobody. For example, if I say, I want to live out my fantasy of being a prince, <laughs> I'm going to rent out a space and everyone's going to call, and I'm going to rent, uh, excuse me, I'm going to buy a really super fancy, expensive outfit I'm only going to wear once. Will it be, if you're, since you're being a prince, will it be pantaloons that you'll be sure, wearing? Yeah, sure, yeah, sort of, uh, you know. Uh, well, it's going to be plate armor and there'll be a joust. Yeah, you know, and then uh, my beloved will be there. Now, of course, she'll be wearing just some outfit that other people have had their armpits in and shoes that many, many other sweaty feet have been in, but that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. Because it's not my beloved's day. It's my day. Yes. I'm going to walk around because it's my day, and and everyone, and I will come in the back of the room, and everyone will stop and turn and look at me and go, ooh, and do you want to come to my day of my prince fantasy? You would say, no, I don't want to come for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how everybody feels about coming to your princess fantasy wedding. That they, this is really actually not something we we're all, we all love you and we love that you're getting married and whatever. So we're gritting our teeth and putting up with your princess fantasy, pretending that we have some sort of interest in it. We can <laughs> we can not do that and say let's honor God in with this wedding. And uh, then we can do with what Jed did, which is add in all the flowers and junk and cake and all that. But the, the, if we have this mentality, what, what I see is this totally nakedly self-indulgent thing. And they say, we just want to honor God. So now we're going to have a really creepy ceremonial moment sure. that makes everybody feel kind of icky. And say, hey, we just wanted to be sure. a testimony to our families and stuff. And it's not; it was just creepy, and it and it was clearly out of place with everything else and whatever. <laughs> um, you want to go for something that's as exactly as Jed said, romantic, intimate, special, something that 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 creates that sense of warmth and and that fits your relationship. Uh, you don't want to get into that competition of how fancy can we make it. That's absolutely right. Um, I'll close out with this isn't actually a bit of advice. This is just a fun fact about our wedding culture. Would you care to guess who came up with the idea of an engagement ring? Matt, would that be the De Beers Corporation? That would be the De Beers Corporation in about the huh. uh, 1930s. Would you care to guess who came up with the idea a couple of decades later after sales were flagging of two-month salary? Would that also be the De Beers Corporation? It would be the ad agency that the De Beers Corporation hired. What well, do, what do they sell again? They are the world's largest diamond cartel. Huh. Oh, that's that's a pretty heavy coincidence. It's interesting. Very, it, it's really interesting that engagement rings were in the Bible, but De Beers just kind of started to remind us of that. I've never yeah. found that part yet. Yeah, but it seems obviously we make fun because that is worth making fun of. But it is one of those things that I do want to close up by saying this idea of society, oh, is it worth it to bow or is there societal pressure? There's societal pressure to do a lot of things that would kill a marriage. Yeah, sure. So uh, if you're going into it saying, but what will Auntie so-and-so think about our marriage? That's not a blueprint to have Bingo. a good marriage. Real quick, just super bonus point, because this, this needs to be said. Anytime you break with tradition, here's the distribution you're going to see. 
about if you have 10 people that you know in your life, about seven of them are going to be totally happy for you. Right. So, you yeah. know what? I think that's cool. I think that's I think that's no problem. You're going to have two of them. They're going to be like, that seems a little bit weird to me, but what the heck? What do I know? I guess I'll show it's up. It's not my wedding. So not I my wedding. Say. If that makes yeah. you happy, there'll be one person that's going to be a jerk. Right. Right? Will, they, will they be louder than the other nine by any chance? Yeah. They'll be louder than the other nine, but here's what you need to know. That person's going to find a way to be a jerk no matter yeah. what. That's true. There is literally nothing. You could make them plan your wedding for you. They'd still find a way to be a jerk. That's correct. Guaranteed. That's correct. That's absolutely right. You may notice that that's always the person who kind of wishes the attention was on them. Yeah. But I also, one thing I want to say, there's it's, we always talk about left and right limits on this podcast. If you, as a, I think Jed came up with this saying that the opposite of a bad idea is another bad idea. Sounds like something I would Sounds say. Sounds very yeah. Jed-like. Or something that he stole. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, came up with stole. Is there really any difference at this point? Yeah, no. But the, the idea opposite of, of stealing <laughs> is not stealing. Good. Work it out. Yeah. 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 But uh, this idea of isn't there something better we could do with that money? Yes, you can, you can, you know, not have a wedding and elope and give all that money to a homeless shelter. or And that's great. But you don't get to tell anybody about that. Yeah. Right. Don't do that. That's another attention getting thing. Here's the thing. We don't we well, I was gonna say we're not anti wedding. I know Glenn Jed and I at least are anti wedding. <laughs> yes. Don't like them. Don't like the idea. No, I don't But don't here's like the that. thing. There's nothing inherently wrong with I'm getting married to this person I love and I wanna throw a big party for all my friends. Right. There's actually nothing particularly unchristian about that. So right. we're not being down on weddings, but other people don't get to call the shots on that for yeah. you because yes. it's not about them. Right. That's exactly right. That's worth pointing out, and I'm sure that will be replayed for many very angry mother-in-laws. Yes. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember to check out our other podcast, The Bridge. is a 20-minute digital worship service. comes out every Monday. The Bridge Loud is a 20-minute heavy metal digital worship service. comes out every Friday. This last week, we had a world premiere track from our friend Ella Melser. Woo! That people nice. really seem to enjoy. Remember, you can always sign up. For Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. You can also sign up for the Lee Younger version, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Got a closing song for you. This is one of the many, many songs Jed has written for our bridge service. The recording you're in here was recorded live at that bridge service. We talked a lot today about wanting things better for yourself, thinking what things the way God thinks for you. This is a song about that. It's called You Have Better. Just remember, we love you. God love you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast, the official podcast of Puppies and Kittens. You have better for me than I have for myself. You were setting up heaven when we deserve hell. You offer me things that will not fade away, like the love of a father who is here to stay. And I don't know how to be happy, and I don't know how to live. I tried what made sense to me, but it was all just counterfeit. You have better for me than I have for myself. You were setting up heaven when we deserved hell. You offered me things that will not fade away, like the love of a father who is here to stay. And Things that are fleeting and I want Things that won't last But you offer forever a few
things that would kill me And I want what won't fill me up But you refuse to cheat me with anything less than the gift of your son You are better for me than I have for myself You were setting up heaven when we deserve hell You offer me things that will not fade away Sir.